around the world and home again. That's the podcast way. Faster, 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 faster. There's no earthly way of knowing which direction crypto's going. There's no knowing where it's going. Going. Or which way the market's flowing. Is it selling? Is it buying? Is an altcoin out there crying? (gasps) Another fork of Bitcoin is showing, so the blockchain must be growing. Are the fires of JP Morgan glowing? Is the SEC Reaper mowing? Yes, the danger must be growing for the haters keep on crowing and the governments aren't showing any signs that crypto's slowing. Hey, hey, Joel, dude, relax. This is uh, Bad News Episode 234 of the Bad Crypto Podcast. Five, four, three, two, one, Who's bad? And welcome to the Bad Crypto Podcast, the show for the crypto curious and crypto serious. I'm Willy Wonka, and uh, with me is my Oompa Loompa. <laughs> I'm Travis Wonka. Yeah, and if and if you guys don't understand what that intro was all about, you get nothing. You lose. Good day, sir. The uh, the original video from the creepiest scene in the original Willy Wonka film, which let's just forget that there was ever a Johnny Depp disaster because it was horrible. Uh, it's linked in the show notes as all of the links from this bad news episode will be badco.in forward slash two, three, four, two, three, four. That's like all in a row. So nice. We're meant to do that. So fancy. Uh, you know, Willy Wonka to me just kind of defines the ultimate subversive childhood film and crypto's subversive so there's the connection very nice very nice you were making some connections there when we were figuring out what we're going to do on the teaser and uh, you came back and you like you, you you maniacally laughed you went away and you came back with a willy wonka poem that was mm-hmm. pretty nice mr joe Com. yeah there you go and a shout out to our sponsor for the show our friends at coinpayments.net there are 2.3 million businesses and users across 182 different countries that are using coinpayments.net. These guys were founded in 2013, and they now support over 1,100 coins and tokens that merchants can accept for their business. You want to accept crypto for your business. This is the easiest way to accept not just Bitcoin and Litecoin, but 1,100 different coins and tokens. You could say, hey, uh, we accept uh, Badcoin, although it's not yet on the platform. But you, if it was, you could, but it's not. But it's yet. not. Yet. Yet. That's true. You know, all the cryptos, you know, 1,100 crypt. that's not all of them. Uh, they eliminate, you know, uh, some of the coins. But, oh, my gosh, 1,100 coins, and you can pick and choose which ones you want on your widget for your site. Maybe you only want to accept Tron, EOS, and Badcoin. Well, Badcoin, as you said, is not on there yet, but eventually. You could accept Goldcoin, though. You could accept Omni. You could accept Steam and Stratus. You could accept NEM and Monero. And you could accept Litecoin 
test net? Why would you accept the test net? I don't understand what that. I'm just going through the coins on their site. There's a lot of them. And yeah. and if you want to add your coin to uh, the supported coins, you could you could suggest that they add it. And if you are on a major e-commerce platform like Shopify or Magento or Woo Commerce, uh, you can integrate. They've got all kinds of plugins and integrations for that. So that's pretty cool. You got to go check out their website and all the stuff they got going on, except cryptos for your business, coinpayments.net. Our first piece of news is usually a report on the market, but we're going to flop that and we're going to flip it. And we're going to turn it upside down and instead give you a market report, Decentranet. So, so what's the difference? What's the difference? Uh, well, I'm going to tell you that in this okay. case, usually we report on the markets. Yes. Okay? But in this case, this is a market report put out by Decentranet. This is their 2019 report. And what they did is they surveyed 30 crypto and blockchain thought leaders and ask them all about the different topics and questions that are facing blockchain. And this report is free. It is completely free. It covers the long-term value of security tokens versus utility tokens. It's got use cases for alternative tokens, which include stable coins and non-fungible tokens. It talks about enterprise adoption. It's got use cases. It's a public versus private blockchains, regulation, uh, industry standards, the future of governance, all of this is in the free report from Decentranet. And you guys can download it and check it out for free right now at badco.in forward slash 2019 report. Mm. And there you go. And when Mr. Joe Com says free, he means zero dollars. It costs you nothing. It does not even cost you your email address. You actually are able to uh, to get that for completely free, it takes you over to a doc send, and then you can download it from there. Forty six pages of really interesting information about the state of the cryptos. You know, you know, we have a lot of people on the show. And we ask them a lot of questions, but we don't talk about all of these different types of uh, all these different things. And so, there's a lot of great experts on here that are going to be talking about things that uh, we maybe have not covered. And if you want to learn more, it's a great resource for show. So timestamp, 5.20 p.m. Mountain Standard Time on Wednesday the 30th. This episode comes out um, about 24 hours from the timestamp. So as of right now, the crypto market cap is $115.5 billion. Bitcoin, 34.84. XRP, 32 cents. Ethereum, 109. EOS, 234. Bcash, 118. Tether, dollar one. Litecoin, 32 dollars tron 2.7 cents stellar eight and a half cents and uh, satoshi's a vision 66 dollars and a quarter a quarter mm. mm. you know 115 billion dollars can we can we stop the bleeding can we <laughs> i don't I know mean, i you know I, I i so we talked about this offline and i'm just going to share my personal thoughts um, and then you can tell me how wrong I am. But so wrong. I, I, so I have you and I speak with a lot of people in the industry, and of course, nobody really knows. Which is, you know, why part of the the intro was nobody really knows what direction it's going. But we've seen which direction it's gone, and the people that we've spoken with think that we're probably going to remain in a bearish market until at least April 
when the next round of ETFs are going to potentially be ruled upon. You know, maybe the SEC will put them off again. I don't know. Anything could happen between now and then. But I actually soddled a little bit this week because I my gut which uh, is just full of food right now because I just ate, is telling me that we're going to see more downside before we see upside. But I'm not a financial advisor, so don't take that as advice. It's just my opinion. What do you think? Well, you know, as as Kenny Rogers says, you got to know when to hoddle. Know when to foddle. And um, Mr. Joel Com decided to soddle. Mm-hmm. But a lot of people out there in the crypto space are actually building. Biddle. Biddling. Wait, that's what Kenny Rogers says. What does Kenny Loggins say? Um, you know, he says something about Footloose. He says, I'm all right. That's what he, says. he says lots of things. He, he actually does. has more than one song. Yeah, he's got so, that one, uh, Whenever You Cough Up Phlegm. Isn't that uh, one of them? Phlegm's Loose? I don't know. <laughs> we have a lot of news to cover, Mr. Joe Com. More news, less banter. I'm not the only one that is <laughs> uh, is bearish here at Davos. The uh, Jeff Schumacher, who is the founder of BCG Digital Ventures, said that uh, cryptocurrencies are worthless. And on a CNBC panel, he said Bitcoin has no value, was useless as a currency. And he's far more interested in blockchain technology. Hmm. What Bitcoin price will tank to zero? You know, I don't, I don't know. I don't know that he, how old this guy can can say that with certainty. Although there's been some other folks that have been super bullish on the cryptos that have said the cryptocurrencies are are you some of them are going to go down to zero as well. And then other people are saying, nope, it's going to hit a bottom and it's going to cruise back up to a million dollars because of math. And um, so who knows how much of this is just haterade. You know, how much of this is, you know, people who have vested interest in other projects and they don't care about cryptocurrencies? You know, Davos has people from all over the world, these luminaries and politicians and folks from all over, VIPs, and they all have opinions, but they all have vested interest in other projects. So you really have to sort of look through their bias to see why they would say certain things like that. I don't know who this Schumacher guy is. I don't know what he's a top investor and veteran. And in in the investing space, you know, what is he invested in aside from Bitcoin that maybe he wants to go big instead of Bitcoin? Who knows? Here's the thing in his in one of his quotes that doesn't make any sense to me. He says, I do believe it'll go to zero. I think it's a great technology, but I don't believe it's a currency. And here's the one. It's not based on anything. See, right there, you lost me at that. It's not based on anything. Bitcoin is based on something more substantial than the the U.S. dollar is, right? There's there's no actual backing for the U.S. dollar, especially if the economy falls apart. The value mm-hmm. is is totally in flux. But Bitcoin is based by the work that the the computers do to process the transactions. Yeah, not only that, but the cost of the electricity that it takes for them to actually mine that. So, you know, for to say that it's based on nothing and, you know, you're a fan of fiat currency, that's truly based on nothing except they can just print as many as they want. As long as they have paper and they have ink and they can turn on the printing presses, then guess what? $100, $100 bills all day long, folks. Uh, that doesn't happen in the crypto world. 
So I think, you know, since we're in such a world that is, or we're talking about, you know, this cryptocurrency that is deflationary in nature, that's something that no other currency has ever had. And, you know, that's why I think the math behind it is really good. And we're going to talk about a little later on about, you know, Steve Wozniak, Woz, who was one of the co-founders of Apple. You know, uh, he don't, says, don't give it away yet. Don't give it away. Well, I'm not. I'm not. He, he's a, he believes in cryptocurrency because it's based on math. Mm. Right. And so that's one of the things is, you know, crypto is based on math. It's not based on bankers and greed, which is good. I'm going to fix Schumacher's quote for him right here. The last part of it should say, my opinion is not based on anything because he, he, it really isn't. He doesn't even have a fundamental understanding. But it also says here that, you know, the, there are many analysts that are predicting that it's going to fall below 3,000. And then one Bloomberg analyst is predicting 1,500 as the floor. Mm. And, of course, J.P. Morgan uh, this guy, John Norman, he's the head of cross asset strategy with JP Morgan, is also quite bearish on uh, on cryptocurrencies right now. He says Bitcoin is worth less than the cost to mine it. Are, are we actually I know some miners have shut down, uh, but are we officially there where it's no longer worth mining it? Well, you know, there's been a bunch of, of different mines that's been shut down, and uh, people are getting rid of some of their ASIC computers and, and shutting stuff down. I don't know that we're at the point where it's, you know, more expensive to mine than it is uh, to, you know, to hold Bitcoin. But the thing is, is that what what is the price of it to mine? Last I heard that it was around $1,200, $1,500 to mine one Bitcoin. Bitcoin's worth $3,000 right now. That's that would still seem to be somewhat profitable, yeah? Well, this uh, article on Bloomberg says low-cost Chinese miners are able to pay um, around 2400 per Bitcoin by leveraging mm. direct power purchasing agreements with electricity generators such as aluminum smelters looking to sell mm. excess power generation. So mm. you know, if you have an aluminum well, smelter and you want to sell some of your excess power generation, then these low-cost Chinese miners might be down with it. Mm -hmm. Welcome to the Bad Aluminum Smelter podcast, where all of our fans are big, huge aluminum smelters. No, I, mean, well, I, I just want that, to say this. He who smeltered it, deltered it. Very nice. <laughs> of course you want to say that. Uh, but that is interesting to see that the the cost from, from one Bitcoin is averaged around $4,000 in the fourth quarter globally. And, you know, that's just a testament to the difficulty of Bitcoin, the price, how high that it went. And then they made the difficulty just kept getting higher and higher. And uh, and now with it trading under 3600 that is not a bargain to do. So and that's why they say the low-cost Chinese miners that are able to have free electricity or very discounted electricity, they're able to to continue to mine it. But, you know, that, that cost, if, when that cost really does teeter below the cost to do it, then what happens? Does, well, the difficulty will go way down because people will stop mining it, I would assume. And then the price would get down to a certain point. And then uh, the mining would, would pick back up again, it would seem. I, I don't know. There's an ebb and flow to this that we maybe not seen or, or even completely thought through. This uh, dude here that was in Davos, Robert Schiller, he's a Yale professor, and he's also a Nobel Prize winning economist. 
And he said that there's a feeling that the stock market might be due for some deflating because it's been a long time. And he thinks that um, that actually feeds into the bear market and thinks that all of 2019 could potentially be a bear market as a result. Mm. So what does John McAfee think about all this, I wonder? He's got to be getting scared. He's got to be like, you know, clinching it every day and just like, talking to it and thanking it and he's like i'm gonna miss you (laughs) he's not gonna eat his dick right he's just he's just not and it's not like people are gonna say oh you said you would you gotta follow up now the dude is not gonna treat his member like sushi he's just not although why why make that bet it was just ridiculous there's a great video that somebody found i don't know when it was filmed but somebody posted in the bad crypto mastermind and it's a woman interviewing mcafee about this uh, eating of his dick and how he would do it and and such it's hilarious go to badco.in forward slash master put it in the point can we put it in the show Uh, i think it's only a couple minutes long yeah we could probably embed it into the uh um, into the show notes. Yep. So you guys just go, go look at the show notes there. Maybe this is guy's right. Maybe he's wrong, but that's enough truly bad news. Don't you think we have, that's enough bad news. Yeah. I would like some good news. Okay. I would like several weeks in a row of good news and all time highs. That's kind of what I'm looking for. Okay. Well, this, this is uh, something that might make you please then uh, Samsung's new galaxy S 10 could give surprise boost to Bitcoin adoption. So says Billy Bambro, writing for Forbes.com, there are leaked images of the new S10 phone, and it says that it might have a, um, a Bitcoin wallet and a blockchain key store running in, in on an app in this wallet on the Galaxy S10. Yeah, and it says here, and I'm reading here, it says Ethereum, currently this, the world's second largest cryptocurrency by capitalization after Bitcoin and Ripple, it's actually the it's actually the, the third one overall, is named as a supported cryptocurrency. But then also Samsung says last year that the wallet will, will be reserved for Bitcoin and Ethereum ERC-20 tokens and Bitcoin Cash. Hmm. So there you go. So it could happen. And that, you know, that's one thing. Um, I think, you know, adoption is going to happen when it's accessible for enough people to easily go, oh, how do I use this? If it starts showing up on your phone, you know, as, a, as an app, is something in your wallet, people are like, oh, how do I get some of that Bitcoin? And they're, oh, well, here's you listen to the Bad Crypto Podcast and don't take any of their advice, but laugh a lot and then go to an exchange and buy some crypto go to the exchange buy some crypto yeah and i was actually interviewed on digital trends today and we were talking about that and we talked about the numbers you know since 2014 to now like how much you know crypto is being traded per day and how that number just keeps growing and growing and now we're at about 15 to 20 billion dollars every day is being traded uh in crypto at least in 2019 and also in the last part of 2018, that's a lot. And so the more and more, you know, the easier that it is for folks, and if we can just have a nice little secure wallet on their Samsung device, boom, that would be super handy. The Siren Labs, uh, the Finney blockchain phone has been released. That's handy. Apple, who knows what the hell Apple's doing. They're probably not doing anything because I think they no longer innovate. They just kind of just try to protect their little ecosystem, but I've not seen a whole lot of innovation for them. So who knows how long it'll be until Apple pops out a uh, a blockchain phone. 
Meanwhile, on the other side of the world, China is doing what China does. Uh, it's being reported by the next web that the government of China is enacting some rather extreme policies for blockchain-based platforms to enforce or else face fines and prosecution. Beginning next month, it'll be mandatory for customers of such platforms to submit their names, IDs, and phone numbers in order to partake. Woo! China. Don't man, what what is up with people, you know, lording it over one another and these rulers calling the shots for uh, for how people should live. It's just it's it's morally reprehensible. Well, it is. And you know, there's I don't know how many people there are in China. Last I saw like 1.4, 1.5 billion. Like when is it going to get to the point where they have had enough? and and sort of do a little uprise you know what i mean that's a lot of people but they get, then again they have a huge military as well you know they had that one child per family thing for like 30 some odd years and it was just a horrendous thing because you know in china the the boy and the dna of the boy is so important to them and my name and so like they aborted so many you know girls and so there's like a, there's like an inf- there's like so many dudes extra in China, which is as a result of that sort of policy. Extra, and they just extra dudes. Who are you? I'm an extra, extra dude. dude. <laughs> I'm extra dude number four nine seven three two. Um, you know, it's it's just so wild, and, and they they're they're trying to shut down so much, and they're literally making people censor things on the blockchain. They're forcing the devs to dox their users to censor content. And you know what? That's where, you know, there's there's got to be some sort of Monero thing that, pop, that pops up where that can't be done in China. But they've already outlawed ICOs. They outlawed cryptocurrency exchanges. They can see how crypto can, you know, start whittling power away from them. And I think that they're trying to do whatever they can to cut that stuff off at the pass. Hmm. So the rules start next month and any blockchain company found not to be recording the identities of users or allowing content to be censored will face punishment via fines or prosecution. You know, I would love to go visit um, China this year and hopefully go to a blockchain oriented conference over there because there are pockets that are moving forward with this but this is really discouraging when you just see people's freedoms uh taken from them and and their privacy just ripped away it's horrible truly i'm making a i am making a moral judgment there and i am saying that is morally wrong but if we go over to Italy, Mr. Travis, right, there's some things that are happening over there. Pasta Fazul, you should know that Italy might pass their first blockchain law. Mm. And, you know, Italy is really close to Malta. And, you know, so there are some companies, countries out there that are, you know, progressive and moving forward and seeing how blockchain can be, you know, very beneficial to society. Right. You know, we, we've talked about in the past, we've, we've talked about Estonia, how Estonia has the majority of their government is on blockchain because they always kind of live with this fear that Russia is going to attack them like they've done before. And so they want to make sure that they can have, you know, the stay of government and everything is sort of on the blockchain and, and immutable. And, and there's a record of all of that. And now more and more countries are doing that. And even more states are doing that, you know, with with Wyoming and some of the other states that are doing stuff here in the United States. So. There's a lot of things that are that are very positive that show innovation and moving forward. And then you also see things like we just talked about with China trying to shut down everything. But that just kind of 
That's just kind of how they why, do it. Why, why you got to talk about the Malta and the, the Gibraltar and the China when this is a Italy's a moment in the spotlight? <laughs> hey, I'm so sorry. You got to do with well, the fingers. You friend. have to do with the hands and put the fingers together and, <laughs> and have some. I'm giving you the finger right now, Mr. Joker. <laughs> have some spaghetti. So specifically, <laughs> Italy's Senate is exploring how to allow for time stamping with respect to blockchain and to validate documents using blockchain. The example is this would allow for there to be a legal precedent for data and documents of all kinds. And of course, the distributed ledger technology would make the verification that much more secure. They've got it in committee, and uh, maybe this thing will become law. They're apparently open to change, and that's what we need to see. And this, this is what we're going to see, right? This is not, I hope we see this, but the uh, momentum is behind more and more countries, you know, with the with the communist countries accepted, okay? More and more countries of the Western world that love freedom looking at this going, ah, we've we've got to start figuring this out and coming up with uh, solutions that are going to help us. So, Tulu, can I stop giving you the finger? You could have put the finger away. Put okay, the put finger, I put the finger away, back on the mouse. <laughs> Speaking of oppressive governments, let's go to uh, South America and Venezuela again in the news. Got a few stories here around what's happening in Venezuela. And this, this has nothing to do with, um, you know, this potential coup, this new leader that's rising up that, uh, that the president has officially recognized as the leader while uh, dictator Nicolas Maduro is, is still in power. Uh, but there's this story here on newsbtc.com. Venezuela denied access to overseas gold, overseas, overseas gold. And they make the case for this is why Bitcoin is so important. Hmm. So the Bank of England has denied Venezuela access to gold deposits that they have stored within the Bank of England. No gold and, for you. Uh, Come back no one year. No gold for you. <laughs> wow. Like, like, that's my gold. I'm here for my gold. And they're like, nope, sorry, you can't have your gold. And I'm, I'm like, but that's mine. And they're like, sorry, like that's theft, right? Why would Venezuela deposit their gold though in the Bank of England? Why not keep it in Venezuela? What was their thought process behind that? You know, is that one of the previous regimes, their thought process or something? I don't quite understand that, but they're saying that there's $1.2 billion worth of gold that is Venezuelans and it is sitting in the Bank of England's vault. And uh, this article right here on News BTC is talking about how this is how Bitcoin could be the ultimate check on international power abuse, potentially. Mm. So there's also an article on Bitcoin.com that you guys could read a little bit more about how the Venezuelan political situation has escalated and uh, what this means about, you know, them not being able to repatriate gold into their country and why uh, why Bitcoin is is so important as a uh, result for that of that around that in that mm-hmm. all, all the prepositions i'm still giving you the finger i'm Put sorry put the finger away and have some pizza can't have it. Can't, hey, what, can't have it. what's what's your dream pizza mr travis right what's on your dream pizza what's on my dream pizza yeah, yeah. if you like um, you got to order the pizza that's got everything you want on it what what is it yeah well you know i would love to have you know, instead of pepperoni, uh, gold coins, like that would be great. Uh, maybe, maybe the crust would have a QR code for lots of Bitcoin. I don't know if I'm talking about the dream pizza. Uh, actually, I I like Supreme Pizza. Mm-hmm. I like to have jalapenos on there if I can. So you know, the regular 
pepperoni, give me some sausage, give me some peppers and onions, mushrooms, and jalapenos and cheese. That's pretty much a good pizza for me. Mm. Thick crust or thin? Uh, it doesn't matter. A- any. You're good with it. What, uh, New York or Chicago style? You know, I Chicago style, it's really filling. Like every time I eat Chicago style pizza, I feel like I shouldn't eat for the next three days. That's that's probably true. Uh, so, yeah. you know, make mine a meat pizza for sure. But, you know, the, the one meat that you don't find at uh, most pizza places is bacon, like real bacon. Not not none of that. They're Canadian back bacon. None of that. Mm-hmm. None of that Canadian bacon. Give me the real bacon on top of my pizza. So this is the bad is pizza this- podcast. I was just wondering, is this pure banter? Because I don't see any story related to pizza. There is no story. I just had pizza on my mind. Okay. Wasn't that a song? You just, you said you just ate. Did, uh, did Ray Charles write that? Pizza on my mind. I don't believe so. All right, let's go to the next news story here on CoinDesk. A Bitcoin ATM startup say they're booming thanks to Venezuela. Hmm. So, you know, folks are folks are going to their ATM and, you know, connecting their Bitcoin. Because we just did the math on this. One U.S. dollar is like 2,100 uh, Venezuelan Bolivar, hmm. right? That is so crazy. So, like... If you were able to take a big bucket of dollars down there, you could. Can you imagine how you know the, the price of all of this, all the real estate and stuff that's in Venezuela right now? Like once this, once this market turns around, and once you're able to get get Maduro out of there and have a real government in there again, that's not socialism. I mean, it's what it has some of the most beautiful beaches. You know, beachfront property there in the Caribbean, and there's great mountains, and they have all this oil and all these great resources. The the people are beautiful. The people are friendly, and um, yeah, we got we got to get that fixed down there. But looks like what's happening is that there's a lot of um, it says that there, according to Coin ATM radar, there are between it looks like about forty two hundred uh, ATM machines deployed worldwide, and uh, a lot of them are populating up in Venezuela. They're populating, They're populating. <laughs> it's not like per- percolating. percolating and populating. <laughs> <laughs> The mama and the populatins. <laughs> Thanks, Venezuela. Appreciate that. Uh, this story from Coin Telegraph: the New York Stock Exchange operator enhances the cryptocurrency data feed. These guys have apparently upgraded their crypto data feed. And what's that going to do for them? That's going to improve real time and historical data for more than sixty cryptos from major trading markets and exchanges worldwide it's called the mm-hmm. crypto feed v3 and uh this is from Blockstream. yep this is gonna uh, bring crypto again more into the mainstream this is oh it's ice mm-hmm. it's ice's crypto data services ice did not not ice that's gonna take you away if you're um here illegally different ice mm-hmm. that's a different one and so yeah so they said that they're that their feed now has data for 400 plus fiat and cryptocurrency pairs and all this brand new data. So theice.com is where it's located at. They added 40 new crypto assets and uh, that's pretty huge. And now if they have 60 of them, that means like the top 60 or so crypto projects are, are, are now on this huge intercontinental exchange, the ice and, and actually sending those data feeds to other to other exchanges and so in other financial commodity markets and uh, including the New York Stock Exchange and so 
that's huge. So now they're going to get like one specific data feed. And I guess what they'll do is, I don't know this to be the fact, but I guess is what it would seem like what they're going to do is, I guess, maybe average the cost of some of the cryptos across some of the top main markets to say, here's the price. And then now they're sending that data feed out to all these other markets and exchanges, these global exchanges. That way you get a basic price for what the crypto should be. Because that's one thing, if you're trading on the stock market, if, if you want to buy Apple, it doesn't matter if you're buying Apple on which which one, maybe Scott Trade, or you're buying it from Fidelity or wherever, the price of Apple is the same across any of the exchanges. With crypto, that's not the case. That's how new crypto is. So maybe something like this is going to help you know, standardize the pricing across those major markets and exchanges worldwide, potentially, or at least be moving towards that, it would seem. You know, also some movement in the top 10 of cryptos. Of course, Ethereum's got some competition for uh, people that wish to build dApps on platforms. One of those is EOS, which is right behind Ethereum as the number four crypto and market cap, although it's just a fraction of Ethereum's market cap. But down the list, it, uh, the number eight position is Tron, which is also picking up. In fact, if you look at the market cap of those that are ranked fourth, through oh ninth which is stellar um they go from 1.6 billion up to 2.1 billion there's not a lot of variance between those right there and that's why there's a lot of movement but apparently tron has had uh, some upswing lately and you know you and i are becoming aware of just how many d apps are being built on tron and eos in in an episode it, within the next two weeks we've got one of our listeners who is a developer with a really great track record um his taught us a lot about these dApps and especially those on the EOS blockchain. So you guys aren't going to want to miss that because it's been really enlightening for us. And I uh, think that you're going to find it enlightening as well. Yes, you will find it enlightening, especially when you're looking at there's a, there's one, we'll give you a little, give you a little heads up on that. There's a website, there's a website called dappradar.com. And that site right there, if you go look at it, that will show you which dApps across the various blockchains or have the most traffic and have the most uh, transactions and volume. And it takes you down to 40 before you get to an Ethereum one. That's how powerful Tron and EOS is rolling mm. right now, right? Yeah, I didn't know that. Mm. You didn't know that. Now we both know that. Mm -hmm. Well, we did know that because we chatted with Kurt and he told, he showed us. He did it show us. Interesting. It was interesting. So Charlie Lee is back in the news as well. His goal now is to make Litecoin more fungible. And the uh, the definition of a fungible being an adjective uh, deriving from the Latin verb fungi. Did you know that? Like, what is it, a mushroom? Uh, being something of such a nature that one part or quantity may be replaced by another equal part or quantity in paying a debt or settling an account. And, and that's his goal. He wants to make um, Bitcoin or Litecoin more fungible and also to improve on privacy he wants there to be confidential transactions no so it's like that's one of the things that i know that 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 i did like about verge even though verge sort of fell off the map it, it had a nice run last year but what verge was building on their next level of their blockchain was the ability to choose do i want this to be a private transaction or a public transaction right and that, that was pretty unique. I like that. I said, oh, well, nobody's doing that. That's pretty handy. And so 
maybe that's one of the things that they're going to be looking at doing because privacy is very important, you know, especially in countries like China where they're literally, you know, <laughs> smacking people down for using the cryptos in some cases, which is pretty crazy. So, yeah, yeah, maybe we'll see that these uh, enabling private transactions on Litecoin. Maybe making Litecoin a little bit. Yeah, you know, I want to get smarter. your thoughts on this, Travis. Once upon a time, we were both really bullish um, on Litecoin, and and I just want to say, with other currencies out there that are faster, um, if, for example, you know, Bitcoin is ten minutes per block. Litecoin cut it by seventy five percent. You know, it, it's two and a half, two and a half minutes per block. Right, it goes out four times faster than Bitcoin. But now we've got Stellar. And we've got EOS and we've got, I mean, we're talking boom, instant transactions. And I just want to say I've lost that Litecoin feeling. Well, you know what? The price of Litecoin got up to $300, right? Almost, right? Or near that. Now it's at $32. So there's a lot of you people lost who lost that Litecoin that feeling. Litecoin feeling. But I, I love the people mm -hmm. who are involved in Litecoin. We've had amazing conversations with Charlie. I think we've three or four times we've chatted with Charlie. Also, you know, the the head of the Litecoin Foundation, John Kim, great dude, and great people. We spoke at the Litecoin Foundation's event this past year, and a ton of great books. And uh, I wish but. I wish Litecoin the best. I don't know that it's going to. But. Uh, I'm sorry, you went all jumbled for a moment there. You weren't, you weren't robot, I mean. Well, I was going to say, <clears> but, <throat> I, but I still want to know, what do you think of it itself? Besides all the cool people Personally? in the project. You know, what are right. your thoughts on, mm -hmm. like, do we need Litecoin? Uh, well, my thoughts are I got out of Litecoin before it dipped below 100, and I've not bought any more back since then. Um, I didn't have a whole ton of it, but I just I had a feeling that when we started seeing those things dipping pretty substantially, I was like, okay, Litecoin, it's going to go back to those sort of pre-cost. you know, pre pre uh, cost. Now, Ethereum, I didn't think Ethereum was going to fall off, off the charts like it had from nearly 1500 or 1800 or whatever the number it got up to down to 110 bucks. I didn't think that we would ever see those numbers again, but when you're looking at, you know, uh, platforms like Tron and EOS, EOS is like $2 and what, 20 cents or 40 cents and Tron is like 3 cents or something and the amount of transactions and the amount of dabs that are being built on those, also the all the different transactions that are being built on the Wax protocol. Um, it, it's just interesting to see because it, it's like every time I look on Blocktivity and I check out Ethereum, Ethereum is always maxed out. It's got 100% of using of its blockchain. It's got 20 to 50,000 transactions in the queue. It's not scaling effectively. And so there's something inherently wrong with Ethereum that they've not fixed yet. And maybe they will, maybe they won't. But it's definitely hit some hard times. Litecoin hit some hard times as well. And uh, here we are. Bitcoin is at 3,400. Here so we are. What are we gonna so uh, we were, are going to be interviewing Patrick Byrne of Overstock and T-Zero again. Uh, I think we're actually interviewing him tomorrow. The episode will be scheduled for, I think, a week and a half from now to be released. But the news is that the T-Zero security token platform has begun trading live. It's a, it's a real thing right now, and accredited investors can trade security tokens through a digital securities brokerage account at Dinosaur Financial Group, and they will act as the broker dealer. They're the partner with 
T0, T0, and uh, this is supposed to be a big step forward. Although I heard somewhere, Travis, and I'm not sure if it's in this article or not, that T0 tokens will only trade during brokerage hours, which would be like the first crypto to do that. Mm. Well, you know, that was sort of the back door on how Patrick Byrne got uh, the access to to do this this exchange anyways, right? Because it, it was the first SEC-approved or uh, SEC-sanctioned something, something pr- prior to him even buying it. I remember. I don't remember the exact details of that. That was like episode episode twenty or something when we talked to to Patrick Byrne on that particular instance. But he's doing a lot of great stuff. He's 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 selling Overstock, the the e-commerce platform. He's full on with Medici Ventures, and they're building all these different projects. And T Zero is is full on out there as well. And so. Uh, it's interesting to see where that is headed. Mr. Patrick Byrne thinks crypto is the wave of the future and, in fact, selling his really big company to to, to jump all in. This story is interesting. It's actually a press release put out by IBM. But what they're doing is they're announcing a partnership with some major healthcare companies to build, share and deploy blockchain solutions for healthcare. This like we got some big names here. You got Aetna, Anthem. Healthcare Service Corp, PNC Bank. Uh, you know, this is this is a big step forward for how uh, tech and data is going to be used to improve people's lives. You know, in the healthcare industry. You know, so again, what does this indicate to us? This is this is movement forward. Yep, and it says here, Klaus Jensen, the the CTO of Aetna, which is a CVS company. It says, we're committed to improving the healthcare consumer experience and making our healthcare system work more effectively. And through the application of blockchain technologies, we'll work to improve data accuracy for providers, regulators, and other stakeholders and give our members more control over their own data. So that's all good right there. Good on you partnering with uh, IBM and making the world a better place. Good Good on you. Good on you, IBM. Now, you know, we just referenced Charlie Lee. Of course, while you were smart enough to sell your Litecoin at 100, uh, Charlie sold his at the all-time high of $300 and and something, 320 or so. But we just discovered, you mentioned, uh, referenced Steve Wozniak, the co-founder of Apple earlier. Guess what, Travis? He sold all of his Bitcoin at the $20,000 mark in december 2017 mm-hmm. ah. yeah he mentioned yeah he mentioned that at the nordic business forum in sweden uh he said that he bought all of his he bought an undisclosed amount of bitcoin uh when bitcoin was around 700 bucks because he wanted to experiment with it and <laughs> turned out to be a really good experiment for him because he sold it all at twenty thousand, and um that's a nice little 20x 25x almost gain that he had by uh by selling that and he goes, uh, he said that I've never really been into money in any way because I've never used Apple's stock app. I don't buy and sell stock. He goes, but he wanted to experiment in Bitcoin being pure digital gold. And he wanted to check it out and see how it all worked. And he got in, he got out. Who knows if he's got back in or not. He made a nice little chunk of change, though. Yeah, he said he didn't want to have to watch it, you know, go up and down. He doesn't want. Yeah, let me actually quote this. He said, when it shot up high, I said, I don't want to be one of those people who watches and watches it and cares about the number. I don't want that kind of care in my life. Part of my happiness is not to have worries. So I sold it all and just got rid of it. Uh, that's that's yeah. a, That's a great attitude. That's so true. I just want to say, I miss you, Uncle Waz. 
<laughs> I miss you so much. I haven't seen you for so long. Uh, you know, we talked earlier about how Bitcoin ATMs are starting to pop up, and apparently there's about a hundred of them across. Populating? This, they, are, po- they are. They're populating, they're po- they're populating across mm-hmm. Philadelphia. There's these Bitcoin ATMs that are in a bunch of neighborhoods all throughout Philadelphia. It's like they're they're just overnight. They're popping up. People don't know where they're coming from. You know, I wonder when like Ripple ATMs are going to pop up or Stellar ATMs or something like that, because it's like I can't imagine being in Philadelphia in the winter, going to an ATM and taking the amount of time that it takes to buy Bitcoin, you know, uh, but it's like, oh, if I want to buy or put some money on you put some money on XRP, boom, boom, it's done. Stellar, boom, boom, it's done. Or some of these other ones that's really quick. You're taking you're taking 30 minutes to an hour sometimes to get your to get your transactions complete on on Bitcoin. So Bitcoin ATMs don't really make sense to me. Are yet. there going to be bad coin ATMs? Probably not. Probably not. But I will drop this little um, breadcrumb for you guys. If you have bad coin on the BitShares Dex, make sure you've got your login and password, so you know how to your your private key, so you know how to access that. That's all I'm going to say right now. But just uh, make sure make sure you got your key. Having your key would be key. And no, don't ask us for it. We don't have it. it it's it your key. You had the responsibility. I mean, I don't even have much. No, I mean. <laughs> This is going to lead to an interesting conversation, Mr. Travis Wright. There's an opinion piece on Forbes by Mr. Kyle Torpy, who has been writing about Bitcoin since 2014. And he poses the question, would a ban on Bitcoin be as pointless as the war on drugs? Mm. Well, you know, I think that if that happened, what would happen would make the most sense is either Bitcoin core would... Um, enact on their GitHub, they would build some sort of privacy element into that, you know, uh, with, you know, they have lightning and they have Tumblebit. That's some of the enhanced, you know, some of the enhanced features, but would they integrate that a little more, you know, Monero, they have their, I guess it's called what ZK Starks or Snarks or sharding. And I don't know, there's all kinds of ways that these cryptos are able to be way more private, like Monero and Zcash and some of the other ones. Um, and so, I would say that if they try to ban Bitcoin, the only thing that's going to happen is more people will use those private coins, and then they are going to uh, have a hard time trying to figure out who did what, where. Well, I mean, that's what it goes. Regardless of whatever you think about, you know, weed, um, there was this whole war on drugs, and people got arrested for growing their own marijuana, and they spent all this money on it, and now we're, you know, into this world where it's getting legalized everywhere. And that, you know, hasn't impacted anything. So are they going to do the same thing? Try to, you know, regulate cryptos and and they're going to spend all this money and some people are going to take the rap for it. And it's all going to amount to a big nothing. Mr. Joe Com, quit growing your own Bitcoin. (laughs) I saw you in there with three Bitcoin plants. (laughs) Well, you could have three. You could have three. What the hell? There's no, this article is silly because it's not like I can grow, I can't grow Bitcoin. You know, unless, and you know, with these, you can't do that with all these miners, these other, maybe in 2009, I could easily turn my computer on and, and grow some easily uh, harvested Bitcoin. Not today. Now when, you know, there's the Jihan Wu's of the world that have all this computing power. I, I don't think they fully understand, you know, how, how are they going to ban it? And you know what? Here's the deal. The Pandora's box is already open. 
You can't put the lid back on this thing. You're not going to do that, especially when you have governments and countries and, and companies that are partnering to, to build blockchain into their business and they're you know using tokens and whatnot and the evolutions of the security tokens and, and all this stuff. It's not going away. They're not going to be able to ban it. And if they do, guess what? They're going to find a way around it just like they've done with every other war on whatever. You know, in, in the future, when we're all digital money, it's like the kid's going to be to, you know, his, his dad and like, uh, can I can I have some, you know, crypto dad? And, and he's going to be like, now, Junior, Bitcoin doesn't grow on trees because <laughs> you because you said I had, you know, plants. Yeah, OK, mm-hmm. don't be doing that. Don't be growing. Don't be growing. Crypto Our growing. last story for this episode of Bad News comes out of Germany. Their largest online food delivery platform now has over 13000 restaurants and they accept Bitcoin for payment out of Berlin. The website is called Lieferando.com. DE, although it's probably Lieferando or something like that. And they deliver everything from fast food to fancy feasts. And you could pay with Bitcoin, credit cards, PayPal. They don't charge a fee uh, when paying with Bitcoin, but they, they charge 6% to pay with PayPal and credit cards. Actually, it looks like here it cost you 20,000 Bitcoin for a pizza. <laughs> well, they they just announced the winner of the Best Restaurant Awards. And out of their 1,231 restaurants, it was a pizza joint that uh, that won, which is ironic because, you know, the first Bitcoin purchase was made to buy pizzas, two Papa John pizzas for 10,000 Bitcoin. Yeah, 10,000 Bitcoin. That's so great. And you really missed the chance with your earlier pizza jokes. You should have led up to, you should have had, had those. No, no, I, I, story, I meant man. to do that. I meant to do that. Yeah, you that did. was, I, okay. yep, yep, I sure, yep, that's the ticket. I meant to do that. <laughs> that's good. That's good. I'm glad, I'm glad you got that all squared away. That's good. So that, that looks like that was the news today. Um, All good. All good and yeah, bad. It's there a it little is. bit of this, a little bit of that. And thanks for listening as always. We appreciate you guys. Please, 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 Travis, say please. Please review us. Take a moment to uh, to review us wherever you listen to you, this podcast. We appreciate it. It really does make a difference. Like you're thinking, oh, my one review, that won't mean anything. I just want no, really, it does. Because in general, so few people review shows that those who do really have an impact on the rankings. And especially now, because iTunes is, is making uh, podcasts take key keywords out of their subtitles and their author titles which means every it's it's getting really hard to find the mm-hmm. content so the reviews and the feedback and the downloads are what really drive um, a good part of their algorithm at least that's what it appears to be are you saying apple's making podcasts worse again i don't know what they're doing all i know is really? we keep putting shows out we keep putting this show out bad boys of tech is out the crypto chick with rachel wolfson now there's three shows in the bad podcast network and we might be bringing some others your way soon as well so we appreciate mm-hmm. your support i would say this if you think you're awesome and you want to do a podcast maybe email us at bad podcast at gmail.com pitch us and uh, we'll talk about it, man. Maybe, uh, maybe we'll get you on. Maybe we'll get you a show of your own. Actually, yeah, I do want to my flat and my butt. <laughs> yeah, that's true. Um, also, though, I do want to reiterate that uh, that badco.in forward slash two zero one nine report. I guess report is a capital R. It's probably important. But uh, 
Go check out that uh, the Decentranet 2019 market report. 30 thought leaders all talking about all these different things that's going on and facing the blockchain industry. Um, there's, a, there's a few of those folks in there that we'll, we will have on future episodes of Bad Crypto. But if you want to get your knowledge uh, all up in your brain, then uh, go read that and that give you plenty of stuff. For knowledge. <laughs> I'm here. I'm here in my garage and I'm going to give you knowledge with my rented uh, exotic vehicle. So you think I have a lot of money. That's a direct, that's a direct dig at uh, another marketer. So sorry, not sorry. Stay bad. Who's bad? The Bad Crypto Podcast is a production of Bad Crypto LLC. The content of the show, the videos, and the website is provided for educational, informational, and entertainment purposes only. It's not intended to be and does not constitute financial, investment, or trading advice of any kind. You shouldn't make any decisions as to finances, investing, trading, or anything else based on this information without undertaking independent due diligence and consultation with a professional financial advisor. Please understand that the trading of Bitcoin's and alternative cryptocurrencies have potential risks involved. Anyone wishing to invest in any of the currencies or tokens mentioned on this podcast should first seek their own independent professional financial advisor.